to another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast in the new year. My name is Mr. Davidson, and I am one of my good buddies, Ethan Huffman, and Alton Beltry. Now, guys, it's been a while since we've talked. A lot of uh, interesting things happening uh, in the time since we've been away. And what, I don't know, what better way to talk about it than uh, talking about all-star voting and how NBA fans vote for the wrong people. Looking at you, Derek Rose stands. Uh, but guys, how are you doing here today? Doing good. Living well. It's it's wonderful out here. The Heat don't lose more games than they win at this point in the season. And that's all I've wanted. It's been a long road back, but we're here. Um, yeah, I'm excited to continue our conversation into how smart fans are and how um, questionable their decision making can be in the same light. Well, the NBA has decided, decided to allocate 50% of the uh, all-star voting here to the to the fans, making them feel like they matter here. And we had our first batch of uh, NBA all-star voting, and you know what? There were some names up at the top of the you know front court, back court, east and west that you know make some sense, right? Uh, which we'll talk about today. We got you know Jokic and LeBron and Kevin Durant, Giannis, and you know all these people getting lots of votes, but then you look at it and you say to yourself, wait a minute, Kyle Kuzma's getting, like, he's having a decent season, all-star votes? I don't know. Then you also start seeing things like, wait a minute, Kevon Looney, Golden State Warriors, y'all just picked your whole team, and you decided to vote for them. Austin Reeves? Like, the come on, guys, the bit is a little too, is going a little too far here, and... Uh, I mean, you got Nick Claxton over on the East, doing work. At least he's a valuable defensive player that is getting, like, you know, defensive player of the year type buzz. Like, might be a little overstated, but at least it's in the, at least he's representing something of excellence. I mean, if we're going to do that, like, I should see Brooke Lopez's name here. It's just apparently too cold way up there uh, in Milwaukee um, to also press on the Brooke Lopez vote button at the same time as the Giannis vote button. But we're here to talk about our. Um, I, you know, who would we vote for all-star voting uh, if we had a legitimate, I mean, we, we can literally go in and put our votes in if we want to, um, but, you know, uh, who, would, who would we, if we were the czars of picking uh, the all-star game, who would it be, who would our starters be, uh, and who would the bench be, east-west, and guys, let me just say, um, with the all-star team's kind of limited to, um, well, was it 12, basically. Like, it's been 12 for a while. Like, I remember listening to a podcast where someone was ranting about this. I think it was probably, like, a Thinking Basketball podcast where, like, we've had expansion. It's It's been 12 since, like, way back when, and now, like, there's so many good basketball players that are going to be left off this um, list just because, well, we only have 12 still. Um I get it. That's fine. So the league has expanded. The rosters of teams have expanded to 15. So back when it was, you know, in the days of, you know, 10, 12 teams, they were getting 12 players on a side. And also that's what was the roster limit. Like I remember even back in like 2006 playing NBA Live 06 with Dwayne Wade on the cover. Your roster, I believe, was limited to 13. And there's 12 on the All-Star game, and now we're up to 15 and more with two ways and all that stuff. Lots of more good players. Expansions happened a lot since, you know, these, uh, like, back in the, you know, 80s and whatnot. And, yeah, we're still at 12. But that's that means these All-Star games that are happening probably post, uh, whenever, the, whenever the Bobcats came into existence, it's all, uh, it's all very important now because there's a lot more good players and it's a lot harder to make it. It also is weird, like, because like we're voting like halfway through a season, right? And like most people would look at it and say, well, you know, I'm voting for this year. Like, I'm not considering like. So it's it's also weird because like the second half of the year uh, has no bearing on All Star games ever, except for maybe like you know, like just getting people's names, being more recognized. I don't know. Point is, we are, I assume, kind of to how we think these people have performed uh, so far in this year. And um, uh, you know what? Let's go ahead and get to We want to start out east, fellas. 
Alkin, give us your uh, let's start. In the, let's start in the the most difficult, I think, decisions we had to make. The East front court, like East front court, I think is the hardest thing to parse through because really there's four, and you got to pick three. So Alkin, where'd you go with it? So I decided to go ahead with Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo. And Jason Tatum, meaning that there's another guy who I'll talk about when I talk about the rest of my team that is not on my start. But those are the three that I feel like right now, at this moment, for me, deserve to be the starter for them. And I mean, I think I'm just going to talk about it now. The obvious guy is Joel Embiid. He's the, he's the odd guy out. And right now where I'm at with it, I have no qualms if he ends up being a star. I think that's where I'm at because of how much of a monster season he's had and some of the some of the stats he's putting up, people are just almost unfazed. Like, he's had some really ridiculous games and carrying that team and people are kind of like, no fanfare or anything. They're like, ah, alright. Joel Embiid just did his thing again. Averaging, like, dropping a casual 40 and something. Like, it's nothing. But then just Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant, and Giannis, I think for me, just how I see them leading their teams and the overall seasons they're having, I'm just like, I'm okay with putting them definitely as a starter position. All right. I'm just not, I'm just not excited about the disrespect. Richard mentions four people that made it tough for the starters in the East, not five. The, 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 oh, yeah. the, dis, the disrespect of one Bam out of bio, who I will not be putting in as a starter, but the man is really good, and I just—it always hurts my feelings, regardless. Um, I I agree with Elkin here. Like Giannis, Kevin, and Jason, kind of like take the cake for me. Giannis, I I, I just don't, on a day-to-day basis, I just don't know if there's anyone who does more for their team than him. Like, it's just defensively, offensively, like he just checks so many boxes. Obviously, his free throw shooting can be a problem, and his lack of jump shot in general. But like, just stashy stuff or bucks are incredible they haven't had their full complement of players like it just everything about him seems like you know shoe in starter kevin durant he um led the east in uh votes um best bucket of all time and he's shown it again he's turned the net season around and jason tam is a little bit more of a hot start for the celtics but also just not missing games playing really well Showing another level of development and still, I think, is only age 24 season, probably still 19, actually. And, yeah, I just, at that point, those three of the guys, Joel's a great pick. Bam's a great pick as well. But there's a record problem with Bam out of bio, and there is a little bit more of a games miss problem with Joel. So that's kind of like, if there's going to be tiebreakers, that's, I guess, that's where the dis- distinctions come. I mean, at this part, if you're playing, for me, if you're playing a reasonable amount of games, um, like, I'm good. Like, LaMelo Ball getting votes, like, from from the fans, right? Like, you've not played games. Like, you literally just started. Derrick Rose, same. You're not playing nearly as much as these other people. And, you know, you can go through and compare. Okay, well, let, let's take a look and see Embiid to, to Giannis and... Yeah, Giannis, Giannis has played, you know, um, uh, five more games, right? Five more games. For me, it's not, 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 not that deep. Here's the thing that I look at. I just don't think that Giannis has been quite as, um, not quite as locked in. I, I feel like he's taking an opportunity to experiment a little bit this season and, and trying to trying to do some new things. And you know, with Embiid, it's with with Embiid, he's I think been able to you know just do what he's you know, normally does, and uh, the the reason that Milwaukee's defense has been as good as it has been this season, and yeah, Giannis is always he's, he's a piece of that, he's a part of that, but really, like Brook Lopez has been a monster, and like he probably warrants some discussion in here as a big in the East uh, that 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 should you know not starting, but like. Front front court or or wild card. I don't think any of us have him, but like, I just think that Giannis is not going full go quite as much as he normally like. Usually, Giannis is like that. We're going full full steam ahead. 
I just don't know if, if, if it's been quite in that way to where I want to just say, yeah, for sure, he's a shoe in above. So I, I've got Embiid there um, uh, above Giannis. But, you know, you put Giannis ahead, I got no beef. I got no beef with that. Um, maybe my ballot is the one that Drew Hamlin just likes a little bit better. Um, but uh, Jason Tatum, I mean, best player, best team. Um type type of type of thing and uh if and you know, we we all have him first team. What have you guys seen from uh you know Tatum this year that maybe, you know, last year you might not have um you know you might not have picked, right? I don't you know looking at last year, uh I think Ethan, you picked uh um Tatum. I think we we both pick him. I, I don't I don't know who who would who would you have uh, why 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 do you have Tatum this year? Well, I think the thing about the, this change room with Tatum, I'm actually I actually pulled up all of his stats like for season long stuff, but I feel like he's never been off like he's never started a season hot like that's something I've heard um, in, in the Nate Duncan and I can't remember who his Boston guy is that he always brings on, but J- Jason Tatum's always been a little bit of a slow starter um, to start seasons. Whereas this year I feel like he got to his form right away and thus the Celtics started off really well. Um, like the thing I'm feeling and it's statistics aren't fully backing it up. Cause he's basically at the same assisted turnover ratio, but I'm feeling a little bit closer to a mastery of the offensive game where everything he does feels that much more efficient, that much more crafted and that much more like deliberate and not just kind of hoping it works out. You know, watching the series with the Heat and Celtics last year, I really felt like I wanted the ball in Jason Tatum's hands and Jalen Brown's hands, not some of their other guards like that would be a little bit less turnover prone and kind of get Jason and Jalen shots. This year, now I'm terrified. Both those guys with the ball in their hands, they're making the right decisions. They're breaking people off, down off the dribble, and they're both very scary in comparison to where you kind of could trust, especially Jalen in that Miami series, to turn and cough the ball up. But Jason's improved off that too in in my opinion i think he's just doing so much for this team and it just statistically it's really not bearing out quite as much it's basically everything's just up a tiny bit in terms of shots and thus the points are falling percentages are almost identical but like the way i'm viewing it especially with adding a guy like Rognos team is like the mastery of his offensive game is just taking a tiny uptick and it just that that feels special for a best player, best team kind of vote. Kevin Durant, like he's he's the other guy we all have, and like he's probably the one guy that I look at and say you have to have him on there. Um, like what he's been able uh, to do after the start of the season, like for me, I and I think maybe for a number, like he's right up there at the top uh, of the MVP discussion. I mean, Tatum is involved, and you know Embiid and uh, Giannis are involved in there alongside probably uh, Jokic and um, Luka out west. But like KD has been hitting just an incredible display of shot making all over the floor. Uh, and I mean, anything else you guys want to add about Kevin Durant um, and what he's been able to to do this year? No, I, I mean it's you kind of just kind of explained it. He's just been all over the floor. I mean, for a guy who is 34 years old, it seems like the Achilles injury did not derail him at all. Like, and if you go just look at his stats, this is mirroring the stats of some of his best seasons. Like, on like almost down the line in, in almost every category. It's like this is prime Kevin Durant for the mid-20s. So I'm like, he's just figuring out ways to score. And we were talking about beforehand about guys like LeBron who can get older and keep scoring. Kevin Durant feels like it's a guy that, like, season after season, because of what he has in his offensive bag, as long as he stays injury-free, he'll probably still be able to drop 20 in his sleep. Yeah, and I think the most the most interesting thing, just kind of looking at trends, like, he's he's basically, once he hit his apex of threes per game at six 6.1 um, back in 2000. 15 or 14 15 something like that he really hasn't ever like shot more than that and it's kind of funny for a guy who shoots almost 
uh, 40% for a career. He shoots 38.4 for his career. He's never really taken an uptick. I think it's very interesting to me that on a team that has surrounded him with some shooters, he's even more of like that mid-range assassin just getting in there. And I wonder if that's one of those things that like, because he probably a tiny bit of athleticism lost to the Achilles, it might be that much easier to get a team stepping back and then just pulling up versus kind of hitting some of those step-back jumpers that become so popular among other players. He really just has a mastery of offense. Like I, I said it earlier, he, he is the best scorer I've ever seen, or I think ever will see, but obviously things are always around the corner. No one can stop Kevin Durant. He just misses shots. And with that being said, like he just he has everything going for him. The one, the one thing he could tighten up this year is turnovers, but because of how much he dribbles and how tall he is, sometimes I think people can just get into his pocket a little bit in that regard. But he's leading the league in free throw percentage this year, which is kind of fun. And he's uh, 30 points per game on the nose. And he's, despite p- part of the problems being him being on this team, like he's being a malcontent early to start the season, um, he's the reason I think the Nets have come together and figured out how to play despite a lot of distractions and changing coaches. Kevin Durant being part of the solution just by being the dude on the court is kind of cool to see. By the way, 62% from two, and we know a lot of that's coming from mid-range. Nuts. I heard that like from every like like range within the, within the two-point range, he's shooting better from all of those spots than Russell Westbrook was shooting at the rim, um, which like sorry Russ you know good for you for all you're doing this year um we're not talking about you much today I don't think uh but uh yeah Kevin Durant hitting a lot of shots um the guards Elkin come on man I know we well we all have Donovan Mitchell Ethan and I have Tyrese Halliburton and you've decided not to I come on I couldn't let myself be a homer I I just couldn't let myself for me I just feel like right now, I love Tyrese. Love the way he's leading these Pacers team away from the tank, which I know owners were people considering it. And I believe he is going to be a, a All Star this year, not a wannabe All Star in the words of Wally Zerbiak. But I, I just looked at Jalen Brown's game and how he's been doing this season. I was like, I'm going to go with Jalen Brown. But I knew you guys were going to get at me for that one. I knew it. Like, as soon as I saw both of you put Tyrese, I was like, oh, boy. This is going to look for the one guy who's an Indiana Pacers fan. This is not going to come out pretty for him. But that was my – that was kind of, like, where where my head was at, all right? Like, I mean, excuse me for not going the homer pick. Well, I would I would argue it's the wrong pick, though. I'm, I mean, the only thing Jalen Brown does better than Tyrese Halliburton is score bulk points. But that might be because Tyrese Halliburton leads the league in assists. Also true. I mean, probably on-ball defense, if we're being I, honest. I, we too. don't care about defense. It's the All-Star game. We, <laughs> want, we want points. We want points <laughs> in the All-Star game. Wow. Wow. Okay. No, he, he, wow. Jalen Brown's a better defender in almost every way. Off-ball, on-ball, everything. Tyrese, though, like I said in the draft, I wouldn't worry about his on-ball defense too much because he's probably not going to be the worst defender on most teams. Um, but, yeah. He's shooting 40% from three on a tough diet of three-point shots. He's leading the league in assists, I still believe. Um, he's he's just super efficient. He just has such control of the offense. He's hitting clutch shots. I mean, you got to witness that firsthand against the Heat. 100%. Listen, Tyrese Halliburton, like, no, 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 everyone in the world knows I love that guy and have his, like, since watching him a lot. I mean, you know, this is one of those things. We we got to watch that draft class really closely with with the COVID year giving us so much time. And Tyrese Halliburton just continually impressed me with just control and orchestrating a game, and it's continued to the NBA level. Side note, that Iowa State-TCU game was phenomenal. Yeah. Him, him, and Bay, him and Desmond Bay going back and forth, that, that's when I knew. It's like, these guys, these guys are awesome. The NBA level, you already knew at that point. Donovan Mitchell, you know, doing his offensive thing and also showing signs of life defense. That's the thing. Like, it, it, it's not, it hasn't just been offense for him. Like, that's what gets me with him. And I was honestly impressed with his 71-point game and him just throwing in 11 assists for for good measure. I was like, you know what? It's easy to sometimes score 70 points and have, like, no assists 
or like two or three assists, but watching the highlights from that, he's I was like, oh, down the stretch, he's actually making smart passes because they're like, we're just going to force someone else to beat us. So I'm like, yeah, I'll give him props for that. Hard to, hard to understate or over, uh, uh, hard to overstate how crazy you know scoring 71 points in a game is. Grant, it was overtime, whatever. But 11 assists, like I think, kind of trumps like the overtime argument. Um, whereas like he, he added points, like he, they won the game. You needed it. They won you the game. You, you, need, you needed every one of them. Yeah, he 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 just cooked them, and like it's kind of crazy to think about. Like you know, it it might have worked out for the better. You know, Darius Garland getting that eye injury early in the season, like that might have just organically resolved how the hierarchy needed to go because Darius is great on ball player too. He's, you know, not, I don't think he's been, honestly, he's probably deserving of an all-star game if they had the appropriate amount of people on it, but it'd be close. But I think that eye injury in, you know, unfortunate, but worked out really well way, like just gave Donovan the reins right away. And now Darius is, who's probably a better are equally good at catching and shooting as Donovan. It just kind of set everything up for success. And man, the, the Cavs are looking like a fun, fun team to invest your, your viewing in. I, I think as well, like going forward, Ricky Rubio is going to be coming in. I'm excited for him. I'm excited for that. Cause he, he, he and Garland fit pretty well last year. And uh, yeah, that's going to be good. Ricky and Donovan have fit together. Well, previously as well like it really is one of those like re-signings i know they trade them away but re-signings that like wow this especially seeing donovan come to town like there should be some instant chemistry with any of their guard lineups they roll out let's just kind of run through um maybe we won't spend quite as much time we'll see kind of who we want to talk about who we want to focus in on uh with the with the bench right the uh, backcourt frontcourt and wild card spots um, in the backcourt, um, I've got James Harden, Kyrie Irving. Um, uh, I think this is where, Elkin, you've got Halliburton and then Harden. And then Ethan, Jalen Brown, and Trey Young. Dude, you, that, that, must have been sad. that must have been sad for you to type out, Trey I didn't, Young. I didn't like it. I honestly just don't like much of the, the guards in this. In this whole concept, I honestly would have put DeRozan up there just out of pure love and aesthetic purposes. But here's Trey Young. The it's not all his fault. Obviously, his malcontent and annoying attitude is is the problem. But he, yeah, some of his like raw like his his stats are a little down. Not his raw stats, his his efficiency stats. But it's hard to argue with 30 and 10, which is what he's at. And while I can't stand him, like, I'm not going to say he's not good in this regard. I think I really don't like, past um, Jalen Brown, I don't like any guards in the East. Wow. Wow. I I mean, we get get DeMar. DeMar. If DeMar counts as a guard, like, that's the thing. Does he count as a guard because Patrick Williams starts now? Is that that how it works? (laughs) Either way. I'll round out who else I picked for guards. I, I I put on guard and guard adjacent. Brown, Trey Young, DeMar DeRozan, and Jalen Brunson. J- Jalen Brunson's kind of a throwaway pick, too, just because I'm like, I don't really – I'm not in love with anyone. I just want to give him some shout because he's the biggest change the Knicks made and their team works again. And that's why I'm like – I don't care if Julius Randle's putting up better stats than him and raw numbers. That guy's the reason that team's good. Enough. I think he puts everyone else in their place. I I like the work that Randall has done this year, um, but you know, after it's like okay, I, I can't I can't actually keep keep him on there. But you don't have you don't have James Harden or Kyrie Irving. Like, is it just a games missed type thing situation that that you're, or is it, is it just like I saw y'all on the backcourt together, and that that's the whole reason why the Nets are you know everything the past couple of years. Either one of those in for Trey Young, and I, you'd get no argument from me. Like, thing is, there's, those are three players who, in terms of either how they play on the court or how they act off the court, I'm fed up with all three of them. And thus, like, I just don't want to have three of those guys on the team. And I just, I, I just went with Trey Young because, like, he sounds like more fun in an All Star game than those other two. Although Kyrie obviously is always a good time. 
on the court specifically. So there we go. There's there's kind of the backcourt players. Uh, I did not have Trey Young. Didn't want to out of out of Fair. principle. Good call. Um, out of principle there. Yeah. Uh, and let's get to the other kind of front courtish players uh, there. Um, oh, can you also have Trey Young? That's fine. Um, I guess. Uh, Bam Adebayo. We had to mention lock him. of the century for. That's a lock. Oh really? Lock I, in I, for I, front I court reserve. I try. I tried to find ways to 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 remove him. Couldn't do it. Couldn't yeah, do it. You can't. Um, he is. He is. I mean, I, I stupid could. Good. No, you can't. Have, it it would have been dishonest. It could have. It would have. It would have been a dishonest move. Yes. <laughs> um, he's there. Bam is so good. Like, and what's frustrating? The only thing frustrating about him is that he could be better in terms of like he could just have the the want to or like. Like that's a problem. That's a problem when, when culture goes too far and no one on the team wants to shoot. That's the problem. But that's what Tower Heroes for. But he's not an All Star. Want to make that clear. Pascal Siakam, he's been out for a good portion of the year, but when he's been playing, he's been awesome. Um, unfortunately, he Toronto. Get the Knicks, he get the Knicks work yeah, too. Yeah. Toronto is just. Have they've just decided that they want to see what happens if there's no shooting on the floor? Just none, um, and uh, so that's tough. And he's still getting buckets. Um, and basically, my inclusion of uh, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, you know, kind of the well-known guys. That that's it. We we talked about all the guys on my list. Um, Ethan, we already mentioned you mentioned Jalen Brunson, but Elkin, you got one more. That's right. That's that's right. I'm shameless, absolutely, hundred percent, Ethan. Don't you you take back shaking your head, Ethan? All right, you take that back. I'm putting one rookie, Paolo Banchero, in there. You know what? Let's bring rookies back to the All Star game. Let's do it. I'm ready to run it back. Insane talent. Let's get ready to go. I'm all in. Signed, sealed, delivered. Give me next thing you know, people are gonna say, give them Paolo over Bam Adebayo. It's just the future. Powell's future. Just kidding, Ethan. I'm not trying to set you too much. Ethan about to walk out, walk off set out here, going to bust a Shannon Sharp and just leave the set before even listening to what I have to say. Paulo Bancaro is one of the most misunderstood players in the NBA. And what I mean by that is people think he's good at passing because he looks away before he throws a, a pass. People think he's a great athlete because at the end of the day, he stands next to a bunch of sticks who are also good athletes in some regards. But because he's got a little bit of tone and muscle, they think he's some elite athlete. This guy is not Blake Griffin. This guy is oh. not what what? Not, not not even not even Detroit Blake Griffin. No, because Blake Griffin with Detroit was good at passing and like good at controlling the offense, not just flinging the ball. Listen, at some point, Paolo Bancaro very well might be worthy of offensive hub portion of an offense for like a seven seed team but this this dude right here and i'm really glad i edited myself because i almost said something silly um <laughs> this dude right here is not is never gonna be a reason that your team is good he might be a reason your team makes the play in you're not a reason your team is good that guy is not good at <laughs> basketball in the wow i'm, okay. a, I'm telling yeah. you this guy is you can you Literally the epitome of empty, is going to be empty stats for an entire career. Oh. Wow. wow. I was like, Franz Wagner. I'm okay. Is, if you had to pick one to add to any team in the league, you would pick Franz Wagner because Franz Wagner is actually good at things, not just statistically dependent for any – he's not He's not good. He's not better than Blake Griffin at any point in his career until maybe now. I it's, it's just silly. <laughs> okay. So I hate like, Paulo Bancaro. Po- Okay, wow, okay. Post-Detroit Blake Griffin, Paolo Bancaro's got to be better than, than that. Let's, let's be, like, has to be. Um, but, that, that, that Blake but, Griffin doesn't exist. But, but, but saying that uh, he can't get there, I, I, can't, I can't do that. I he, will, because I it's look a bridge, at his face. It's a bridge too far. A bridge too far. I look at his face well, and we just okay. know. Wow. Oh, well. my goodness. I can't believe you put him on this list, Elkin. You know what? I mean, I got, can't either. You, you guys have to accept it. Yeah, we'll accept it. Uh, we're going out west to where, I don't know, things get a little bit easier um, in my eyes. 
um, like Jokic, you're on. That's it. Period. Point blank. You know, you're 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 basically the best offensive player in the league. Period. Um, and then there's Luca, who is carrying a corpse corpse of a team into playoff contention. Uh, this team would probably be the worst team in the league if he was not on it. Um, and so, like, that's easy. Uh, you've got uh, Zion Williamson kind of vaulting the uh, you know Pelicans up and you know up into contention and with where the forward spot kind of is out west, like he kind of just finds himself on there. Um, and we all have LeBron James. I I will say for me it was I had to like I had to think about it for a little bit and was like okay let me put LeBron James on like let me make sure that Laurie Markkinen like let me make sure I'm not gonna put Laurie Markkinen on there. Okay I looked at it all right I'm good. So, like, this is Utah. We're going to Utah, right? So, like, if there's, you know, if there was, like, actually close, like, I was trying to look for the tiebreaker to, you know, give the Utah fans, you know, their all-star starter. But I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Uh, now, maybe, as if Zion is actually out. It's only, I think, a couple of weeks. I think he'll be fine. But, like, if Zion was out for an extended period of time, okay, we get the fill-in. Um, it's the guard spot out west that I just start to be like, oof, this is tough. The guard spot is tough. I just want to mention real quick, if if LeBron played in Utah instead of Lowry, or just let's say Rob Palinka um, wasn't the Lakers guy, would how much better, even forget Anthony Davis exists, how much better would the Lakers be if they just had Utah's roster minus Lowry around LeBron? Oh, just a bunch of guys who could shoot? Oh my goodness! What do anyway, you know? I just I just wanted to point it out that like in terms of Lowry, like obviously we love him. He's he's doing great, great. Honestly, he is going to be an All Star. That's that's cool and awesome. So happy for he, him finally. Most improved player. Very 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 just, just likely. Out there. Very likely. The the thing is though, man, like he is in he is literally in such a perfect place to grow. He was in a perfect place a year ago to grow in terms of understanding he needed to be more of a. An offensive starter like he needed to be a guy who starts and produces offense not just accepts a shot and then this year they surround him with the shooters and he's ready for the role it's just it's just such a cool um development but like yeah like you throw lebron out there like i'm just like wow like the the, the the jazz know what to do with a guy who can shoot shoot dribble and create offense oh gosh wonder if the lakers will ever figure that out I love how you avoided the word pass there, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Wow. With, with you, you thought about it, like, I can't, I can't say pass necessarily for Mark. Can't do it, can't do it. For Mark. He doesn't really pass um, that. Not a, no, no, not, not, it just doesn't like to do it. Um, but the guards. Luca, I think we're, like, if he's a guard, you kind of have to say that, even though it's like, okay, well, he's forward size, is, is Jokic a guard because he is handling the ball as much as he does? No, okay. So, Luka will we'll consider him guard. Then it's, I have Steph. Okay, you have Steph. Ethan, you have Shea. I Which get I, it. I ain't mad at. I ain't mad at. Shea is having a season, and Shea is doing work. And also, Steph has been, how many games has Steph been out now? Has it been eight? I feel like it's like eight or nine. So comparatively, he has played um, nine less games than Shea. Uh, so like you're dealing with that. However, like even if Steph was healthy, though, I was gonna say even if Steph was healthy, man, like I wouldn't be mad with Shea starting. Like that's where I'm at. I I think if here's the thing. Basically, I. I as a tiebreaker for these things, I like kind of went to the win shares stat to like, all right, a lot of these stats are very, very equal. Win shares kind of is, is based is a little bit based on how much you're playing. And thus like Shea kind of jumps ahead there. And I'm not saying that's perfect, but it, it is where I kind of like landed on the, uh, on the scale. Like, Shea has a higher win share than Curry and Jaw, and that's why I went with him. And also, like, they're all so well impressive. Go ahead. So where's Devonis Sabonis? Win, on, shares on are, list. win shares are heavily effect, affected by rebounds. Okay. We're, so we're, not, I, we're not comparing apples to apples. We're comparing guards to guards. 
Okay. Okay. I just and, and I, that yeah, I 100% agree. It's same thing with PER. PER is always heavily been influenced by rebounding. Thus, centers are always way up there. Like you know, DeAndre Jordan probably should have won MVP off of PR, PER one year. But when I was making a tiebreaker between Shea, Curry, and Jaw, that's where I kind of was like, well, at the end of the day, I like them all, and I really like Shea. I'm gonna go with Shea because he's got I got, I got I got one stat to pull out, you know. I, I, I know I know that you like Shea. Here's here's what's awesome about both of these guys, and like you could look at it, like they're taking, you look at some of their um, uh, you know efficiencies, and you look and and it's all right. Well, you know they're both taking 20 field goal attempts per game, right? And then you look at it, and like the way that they're getting their buckets are just so totally different. Like, Shea, with the situation that um, OKC is throwing out, and granted, OKC is trying to do a little bit, like, they're not rolling out a traditional center. They're trying to have more of a pick-and-pop center. Like, and so, like, that, in theory, opens things up. But it's not like Oklahoma City has a bunch of, um, you know, uh, lasers out there uh, surrounding him. But still, Shea gets into the paint and gets any, like, gets to wherever he wants to. In scores, it's it's an incredible, just incredibly different style of basketball. And then with Steph, it's you know he's obviously like you can look at just like three point attempts, just just three point attempts period. And Steph's taking eleven and a half a game compared to Shea taking three. Uh, and so it's obviously it's not just the threes for Steph. He's obviously able to be highly efficient from two point range also. But for me, when I look at just this as well, it's like, even when Steph doesn't have the ball, he's so, like, you have, it messes with defenses so much trying to figure out how to defend and guard it, and they still blow it, even though they're, even though they're trying to do it because they, they forget for a half second, oh, Steph Curry's out there, and Steph Curry now is, is shooting an open three. I, I just, I look at it, and, like, I'm, these are the, th- the top three guards for me, um, with job being a fourth, uh, you know, behind him, uh, or behind these guys, but I just think when Steph Curry is out there on the floor, like, the all-star game is made for Steph Curry, like, let's, I'm putting him there, so. I mean, that's fair, that's fair, I 100% agree with that one. Steph's incredible, and he's been incredible, it's, I, you know, what are you gonna do? Yeah, he's not much. Put put Steph Curry out there is what you're gonna do. <laughs> so, I mean, like, what you gonna do? Well, oh, maybe, maybe maybe what we should do is if you, if we want to be mean to LeBron for choosing such a poorly run organization, let's make Doncic a forward and put Shea, uh, Curry, and uh, Doncic on the starting lineup. I just you know. Let's be si- let's be size biased. All right. So looking at our at our backcourt and the bench. Uh, I, I see we all just John Moran, I think, and I mean, Richard, you, you kind of alluded to it. You were like, we all know it's, it doesn't change. It's either going to be John Morant or Shea Gilgis or Steph. Pretty much guys we've talked about. Now front court, Richard, you and I, we're kind of leaning on the same part. Those first two front court off the bench, like Laurie, I feel like, and I think three of us all had Laurie, like the finisher, as they call him. He's honestly like from the Euros to like now he's just been playing great basketball. Like, he's been doing really great. Last night had a nice poster jam against the Bulls. Still lost, but nice poster jam. And that almost three-point make against the Kings. Like, oh, almost. It's that like was... he, 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 made, he made, by the way, to listeners, he didn't make the three-point shot. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it was after the buzzer. Point one, point one seconds late. Yeah. Point one. But that was a great ending to a game. And then for, my, for that second forward, Anthony Davis. I think based on what I've seen – this season, what he's played, it almost feels like 2018 Pelicans Davis. That's what it felt like at one point. It almost felt like Anthony Davis the last year and a half has been playing like a heavier weight than he needs to. And it kind of seems like he's like, maybe let me slim it down and be more effective at the elbow. That's what I pretty much have done. And when he was playing, like I would see those stats for him and I'm like, man, he's just taking over when he needs to. And for me, I was like, this is a top 10 player in the NBA right here. Anthony Davis at this level is a top 10 player. And Richard, I mean, you probably felt the same way. You probably like were a similar line, like saw his production. I know he's injured now, but definitely his production during that time falling in line. I don't know if you want to add anything else before I go to Ethan. Well, I just like, 
the only time the Lakers can have any sort of defense is when he's out there. Like, they're playing excellent defense when he's there to anchor it, and then he's gone, and now it's, uh, what do we do? And then they kind of, they really don't have a way to default, so they, they're trying to somehow skew offense because cause they have no shooters there, so LeBron ends up playing a little bit more, um, playing bigger in those things. Obviously, they had a, a breakout game from Thomas Bryant, uh, uh, I think last night, so that was, that was cool, but, you know, it's, it, it's an injury thing, you know, he misses some time, hopefully he can get out there, like, I, I feel like it's scary whenever it's kind of a foot thing with a big, but it, they haven't really, I don't know, like, I can't tell if there, some of the news that, that comes out from it is they're trying to be optimistic and say, oh yeah, he's, he's, he's He's coming soon. Like, they really haven't said, oh, he's going to come and play, you know, win one week or two weeks or something like that. So, I, I don't know. It probably just depends on how soon he gets back. Um, but when he's been out there, he's been all all NBA level of, of a player. And so, like, I can throw him on there at a bench spot and not feel bad about it. Yeah. And, and to follow that up, I'm wrong. I put Paul George down. I'm wrong. I don't know what game I watched of his recently because I, I so often, like when I'm, especially because sometimes I, especially with not being employed over the last while, I've I've been awake, you know, late at night and like there's no live games on. So I just scroll for games that are heavily competitive and that's kind of how I catch up with a lot of the league. And I must have just watched the Paul George game recently where I felt like, wow, he's just in such control. His stats, his stats don't tell the whole story of how much in control of games he is. Um, still wrong. Anthony Davis has been better. Um, I, I, I kind of went back and just like, as you guys were talking about it and I was like looking at records and like, I know the Lakers have been on a heater and they're back kind of back in it. And it's just like, yeah, you know, originally I'd be like, how can two all-stars come from this stinky team? Well, it's because it's a stinky team and those guys have to be perfect for them to win anything. So it actually as stupid as it is. Those guys have to be so good for this team to be functional and, like, yeah, he's, he's missed some time now, but so is Paul George, so is Devin Booker, so is everyone else on this list, so is Damian Lillard. Like, at this point, like, maybe Paul George can slide back in here in one of my wild card spots because I just really do love his game and, like, the fluidity he plays with. Um, but you guys are right. Anthony Davis should be, like, the, the, the front court spot. And then if Paul George can get in where he fits in in the wild cards, like, that's, that's you know, continuing discussion. But you guys are right. He's been so good. And... I guess because he hasn't played in almost like getting closer to a month now, maybe that's why he had slipped out of my brain a little bit. I mean, that's fine. No worries. We'll hold it against you. We'll hold it against you. But go ahead. To continue on to like our wild card, so we got three spots left basically. The one guy we all agree on, upon in the in the last spot. We have some other agreements between two of us, but one guy we're all agreeing on currently is Devin Booker. And what I just want to like mention is like how the Suns have kind of slipped up the last few weeks without him there. It's just it's just ever it's so evident that that guy just his shot making ability from every range and and free throws like it just it's just incredible. And I I I look at him as you know a a valuable number one. But man, if you could get him to be a number two on the team, that I don't know how you'd beat him. Yeah, I mean, I, I was kind of like in the same way, like Devin Booker, I was like, before he got injured, and kind of how the way the Suns were playing, I'm like, man, this guy could be in the MVP conversation if he keeps rising up. Given the MVP conversation, it feels like it's, it's almost a, a three-man game at this point, but it's too early, still feels too early. And then I was looking at, uh, it's weird, because the three of us have two, we have a few shared comments. So I put, I put De'Aaron Fox on mine. And Ethan, you do join me on the De'Aaron Fox Island, you and I, uh, and put him on there for like being one of the all-star guys and just kind of, he's been a guy that he hasn't been a horrible player, but then you kind of see, I kind of felt like the Kings kind of had to choose between him or Halliburton and they chose Fox and they went ahead and paired him with Sabonis, which I ain't mad at. And I felt like the Sabonis parent has been worked out, have working out really well. Sabonis dealing with an injury, but he's, he's still there. And then, and then one thing, maybe I'm the odd man out with this when you, Ethan and Richard both put Damian Lillard on there for it, which is, it's not a pick that I'm like, 
I'm I'm not. Oh, this is a horrible pick. I'm like, I get it. I get it with Dame Lillard. I completely get. I don't know if you, any of you guys want to add on to that to the Dame Lillard All Star, All Star bench campaign or. What what I'll I'll say about Damian Lillard and thing I always always say about him is, as good as he is statistically, which is phenomenal, there's something about him being around and on the court that ha- makes the Blazers go. Like, and I think just, it, it's just, it might be, you know, my bias of watching him play in person so many times, but there is a calming effect that happens every time he just has the ball that I think permeates throughout the rest of the team and has encouraged growth from players like CJ McCollum, CJ, uh, players like Anthony Simons, and, you know, a guy who's sneakily scoring a lot of points, Jeremy Grant, like, so he's he's doing really well. He's not an all star, but he's he's really efficient and really killing it in his role now, where he's like you know the third offensive option um, for a really good offensive team. It's like that when it comes down to it, that's kind of where I separate him from you know the rest of the pack of you know these other guards. Is he he is a team by himself? Like yeah, I it's. I, I just look at Dame and I, I I look at Jeremy Grant. I'm like, oh, he he's been doing well in that role, but like, yeah, I can't I can't do that. Who am I, who am I putting him over? Um, no, he's not an all star. I'm just saying like that's no. the argument for Dame though is how mm-hmm. these people like obviously we saw how good Jeremy could be for the Pistons, but the growth that he sh- has shown in Portland still to just be that much more efficient with the the extra space given, like that's like an argument for Dame in my opinion. He, like, Dame has been playing excellent basketball and like Portland is out up here, you know, doing, doing decent things. Like, you know, they're okay. They're in the mix there, but, um, yeah, gotta, gotta have them. The one that I had that y'all didn't have was Sabonis. And for me at the Kings, like I look at, you have deer, y'all have deer and Fox. It's like, I just like, I look and think to myself, the reason why is because of Demonis Sabonis, like the reason why every like they're building that offense off of him, and so that's why I attribute it to him. Yeah, and I I'm not I'm not as sold like I I like both these picks a lot. Like man, Demontis is he, he just he's so he's so talented and so good. Like, I I think like where I get the hung up and it's and not that Darren Fox is a defensive stalwart, but like I just, I've just seen too many like good like front court players really take advantage of Demontis like. At the rim, he's doing everything he can correctly, and it's just a limitation. His arms aren't long enough to get all the way to the top, and people are just a lot more athletic than him. And, and I think if you broke it down in one of those like MVP versus all NBA all NBA type of discussions, like I, I think Sabonis might be the MVP for the Kings because of there's no other center on this team that can do anything, whereas. Fox's impact, I think, might be a little muted because you see Malik Monk having success. And you see Herder having success. But I still look at Fox as like kind of like the the in like the, the the secondary engine that's running more efficiently. And I know like in terms of efficiency, Sabonis is good on all those counts. I I'm just seeing something a little bit different from Fox, and I don't feel as many limitations from Fox. That's kind of like where I'm at with it. But I get it. Like Sabonis is like MVP, but like I know that doesn't really make sense that Fox would still be the better player. But I think Fox is the better player. Like there's just no backup for Sabonis, whereas there's some really high quality backup guards for this Kings. Yeah, I'm good with Sabonis. Um, <laughs> Anthony Edwards showing up for Elkin. Talk about it. You know, in a season where it doesn't seem like much is going right for the Timberwolves. I've just been enjoying Anthony Edwards' development, and the more and more I see him on this team, the more I believe that he is the future of the Timberwolves, and he's the guy who they should build around. Like, I'm, I'm just 100% sold. Offensively, he has a great, I mean, his, his game is a lot of slashing, definitely, for sure, and I mean, it kind of seems like three-point shooting we're kind of getting where he's going to be at like looking at three-point percentage is hovering around 35 percent like ah, he might just be a 35 percent three-point shooter like that's just his that's just his thing but i'm like hey let's get him in the all-star game b 
because I believe based on what he has shown me in Minnesota, not much happening, but he is happening. That's it. And I'm sure you guys like this pick a lot better than Paolo as well. Much better. And he is good for the All-Star game. He will make the All-Star game very entertaining to observe. Whereas Paolo, I can't imagine that adding any value at all or being accurate depiction of where the 24 better best players in the NBA are coming from. Uh, any honorable mentions that we didn't choose today that we, I mean, I think we kind of mentioned some of the guys, at the fringes already. So maybe not. Maybe we're good. No, I think we're good. I mean, we, we, we didn't have a hundred percent uniformity down the list. Thus, like, I think we covered a lot of the people that should consideration, get consideration and then one extra on top of that for no reason. Give me Brooke Lopez out east. That's what I want. Brooke Lopez has been so good at defense, it's very fair. Very fair to give him consideration. Yeah, I am at that. I think uh, only other guy for me I would have I wouldn't mind have added is the I injury counter mop the Darius Garland. For me, just like he that's that's the that's the only other guy, or one of the only other guys. I was thinking of like not much as far as outside of that. Yeah, no, I, I think that's great. I think if you're going to pick someone from the Magic, you should pick Franz Wagner, but, you know, neither he. <laughs> I think at this point, with the Paulo hate, you'd rather go Mo Bamba before Paulo at this point. Bull Bull, Bull Bull. Bull Bull would oh, be more definitely. fun, at least. Oh, my good Bull Bull. He is our, he's what we get stateside until Victor comes over. Yeah, you know what? I got something positive to say about Paulo. Very good teammate for saying Bol Bol <laughs> compares to Victor Wimbanyama. That's a very nice thing to say. So he gets some teammate award points, despite me thinking he's not good. Oh, people are going to learn when Victor gets to the NBA. They're going to learn. Yeah, that's that going to be an exciting time. Excited to make him an all-star um, immediately, just for aesthetic and, and fun. But I think, guys... Kind of like how Yami became an all-star. Exactly, exactly. But... For my account, guys, I'm ready to call it. Let's uh, say everyone have a good rest of the week, weekend, enjoy some football and basketball and all the stuff. <laughs>